spring training is right around the corner. So come for the games and have a ball in Arizona. With world-class resorts, unbeatable dining and nightlife, amazing scenery, and endless outdoor adventure. Make your visit unforgettable. Plan your getaway at myspringtraining.com. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Welcome to Performance Anxiety on the Pantheon Podcast Network. I am your host, Mark, and today I'm joined by Justin Young and Tom McCullough from South of Eden. These guys were so much fun to have on the show that I'm going to go ahead and anoint them the newest comedy team in rock. They've got an EP out called The Talk and a full-length album on the way. They've also got some cool covers either out or possibly on the way, or maybe they're just drawing album covers. I don't know. They're a little vague on that one. And they gave me the rundown on why they changed their name from Black Coffee to South of Eden. And they actually considered using the new originals, which is one reason why I love these guys. And if you know that reference, I love you too. I also get two sides of the same story where Justin thwarts a robbery with some consequences while touring. Follow them on social media. They're not hard to find. Follow us at Performance ANX. Subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like the shows we're putting out, feel free to check us out at ko-fi.com. It's ko-fi.com slash performance anxiety. And buy us a cup of coffee. No commitment necessary. Now get ready for South of Eden on Performance Anxiety, part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. My name is Tom. I play the drums for South of Eden. I'm sitting here on Performance Anxiety Podcast with my good friend here. What's your, what's your name, friend? Oh, hello, my name is Justin Young, and I am the guitar player of the band South of Eden, and you're listening to the Performance Anxiety Podcast. Thank you. Cheers. Is there a writer that you can do for interviews? Yeah. Like, they have to be able to cuss. Yeah, exactly. That should be in the, in, in the first email. And hey, yeah, we'd love to have you on, or we'd love to be on your show, but, you know, we cuss a lot. We so cuss a be lot. Pre- be prepared. got to be I've been listening to the EP and I want awesome. to get into it. I, I love it. I, I think it's, it's got a very unique sound, especially nowadays. Cause it's, to me, it sounds like the, uh, the stuff that I was listening to back when I was in high school in, uh, I don't know, late eighties, early nineties. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So that's Thank you, man. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Honestly, the, uh, that's, that's really, that's fucking great to hear, honestly, from somebody, you know, we love, we love hearing that because our, our fan base, uh, here that we played everywhere, honestly, it ranges drastically. And, uh, yeah, we, so we've, we've heard that we've heard that, uh, you know, that like, it sounds like the music I grew up on, which is great because that's the music we grew up on. That's awesome. We did, we were in high school and you know, twenty. You know, somewhere between yeah, the twenty first, yeah, yeah, twenty first. 
so we were, yeah, but n- neither of us were really listening to Nicki Minaj and like, right, you know, right, right. Ariana Grande and stuff, but that's uh, good. I guess that's kind of where the sound came from. Cause I'm a, uh, well, we, we both are the, the original fanatics about like the way we record. Uh, we don't record to a click track. We recorded this album to tape. When we go in and we record the tracks, uh, we do, we, we do it, you know, pretty much as they did it in the seventies, like me, Nick and, uh, and Justin will go in there, lay down the bass, drums and guitar, and then we'll do vocals afterwards. Okay. And, uh, I'll dub stuff like well, dub, yeah, every, dub, like we get yeah. like the you know tracks and stuff. And we'll go in and do solos and, and shit like that. And that's the thing that I've always loved about like seventies music is there's it's because music in the sixties and before is really raw. Yeah, and and that's why that's why I love it. But then when you get into the seventies, it's like this weird twilight seventies and early eighties. Maybe you should opinion. save this for when we're when we're uh, on on. Oh, <laughs> shit. oh we're on on. I'm st- I'm recording oh. already. Oh, oh shit! Man. I'm sorry. Come I didn't get. On, a, I didn't. Man. I'm sorry. I didn't. Oh. No, no, this is cool. I mean, I go with the uh, the Neil Young theory of always record, record everything. Yeah. Yep. That's perfect. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. That's for that reason, I mean, Neil Young. I'm sorry. Please continue. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Neil. There, there was this time in history class, and I. This is because I've always been the geek with vintage music. Yeah. Well, we both have, but I, in high school, before I knew him, I was the geek, and. uh so he pulled up Rockin' in the Free World, and I was like, oh, man, this is a kick-ass song from the 70s. And I'm like 14, right? <laughs> and he's like, he's like, looks at me, and he's like, dude, this song came out in like the 90s. This yeah. is, what are you about? He's like, Thousand Points of Light was uh, George H.W. Bush. And I was like, no, you're wrong. So I just die on this hill in front of my entire class, uh, they, they, who are all like, dude, Tommy's the guy with long hair. He's the rock dude. He yeah. pulls it up. It's like, what, 89? <laughs> Not, like yep. 91. Yeah, complete, yeah. <laughs> completely proves me wrong. I'm like, damn. But what blew me away about that is because I loved that song my whole life and thought it was from the 70s. Wow. But it's recorded the 90s and it doesn't sound like anything from the 90s. And that's no. because it's Neil Young and he's that old school hippie, get in a room, don't think too much, just hit the fucking record button and play, you know? Yeah. Yo, yeah. You can. Crazy Horse doesn't change its sound. I mean, from. Even though it's gone through a few guitarists, it man, Crazy Horse just always sounds like Crazy Horse. Yep. Oh yeah. Yep. I mean, I I, I love I love the bands. Like you know, it's like Neil Young and Crazy Horse, or like who was the uh, who's the band we saw with Kenny Wayne Shepherd? Uh, Double Trouble. Double yeah. Trouble. Oh <laughs> yeah, Stevie Ray Vaughan's original backing band. Yeah. We we saw uh, this dude took me to second row Van Halen. Uh, that's a crazy story. That, that's, that's a great a, that's story. A whole, that's a great That's a story. whole chain of events. So, really? Like, so this, this was like 2015. So this was the last um, tour that they did. and um, With DLR. With the, yep, with Dave. And, and so they were doing amphitheater tours during the summer. And at the time, I was like still in school and stuff. And like I had, I had like been working and um, got a pretty decent amount, of, like a decent chunk on my tax returns. I was like, I don't have anything else to do with it. I'm going to blow it on Van Halen tickets. <laughs> nice. So I got, so they're, they're, they only played at Red Rocks Amphitheater one, like one time in their career. Wow. Because they're really famous show in like, I think 95 where they played in Colorado, but it wasn't at Red Rocks, but it was an outside amphitheater and they were, it was literally snowing. Like, so you'll see pictures of the show and like they're playing outside and it's snowing. Wow. But that was the only time that they had played at Red Rocks and I'd never been. So I'm like, I have to go. So I was like, have to go like get cheap seats just for the, for that experience, whatever. Oh yeah. And then two weeks after that, 
they were playing in Cleveland at the um, Blossom Music Center. And for that, like, I went all out. I was like, okay, I'm getting, like, second row seats, like, right in front of Eddie. Fucking VIP. I do, like, the whole, like, come in early and watch sound check and stuff. And at the time, I was seeing this girl. And that, you know, we all, we'll, we'll save, we'll save that. I mean, we all know that happened. <laughs> I was going to say, he just, he, right, Tom just you know, gave you a look. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, yeah. So <laughs> well, wait, wait for the rest of the That crashed oh, and burned. And like, well, I can't, I don't have any, I don't have anybody to go see. Who am I going to take to see Van Halen? And I'm like, you know, these, I can't, I'm not like going to get my money back from this. I don't want to sell a ticket. I want to take somebody for an experience. And I'm like, I got to freaking take Tommy. I'm like, Tommy <laughs> has got freaking go tommy's like the biggest ludwig like drum fan uh, i've ever known alex Alex van Halen's played ludwig's his whole career so tom so that's like a big that's a big win tommy oh yeah oh (laughs) yeah i love alex van Halen. and i called you and you were like uh you were like oh man i I like his the first words out of his mouth were like man i'd love to go but like i can't afford like front row van halen tickets and i was like (laughs) i was like no dude just like come with me and it was it was a I was I was working at a grocery store and I was concerned because I was like, dude, I don't know if I can take Monday off. It was was a wonderful scoundrel like teaching from the wise man. Justin was like, bro, screw work. Come to Van Halen. (laughs) And I was like, dude, you're right. It was the craziest show I've ever seen. Yeah, they, crazy. they call me old. I'm only four years older than everybody in the band. He's the youngest ball. purple person in the band, which is Ehab, right? You're by two months. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they make me feel like the freaking awesome. <laughs> oh man. Well, the uh, guys just stick together because the longer you guys are together, the less that gap will mean. Oh yeah. Oh, of course. oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well but... no, dude. It'll never end though because I don't care. I'll be fifty six and he'll be turning 60 and i'll be like what's up grandpa yeah. Yeah. Six, <laughs> zero. Six decades. i did that I've, I've, i did that with my sister-in-law she's like three or four months older than me and, and i was like well you're always going to be older than me yeah. we may be the same age but technically you're a little older technically you you were first yeah me, exactly me, two months to the day apart wow kills me with it he's like yeah but i'm younger than you i'm like oh shut up dude (laughs) two months so how did you guys how did you guys first meet well uh my dad uh has played drums for like 30 years and he uh was in a band with this really killer uh now recording studio owner and producer joe veers here in columbus okay and so he he's a badass and i grew up with him and his kids and uh justin went to school with my older brother but moved away and I remember one day I got a text from my brother who was going to OSU at the time. And he was like, Hey man, I gave my number to this really killer guitar player. I know from school, like you should jam with him. And I literally texted him back. I was like, Nick, please don't give my number out to your stoner friends who sit around and play acoustic on the shoot. I think it was, I, it, it was to be, to be specific. <laughs> it was don't pour my number. Yeah. Don't out. pour my number <laughs> out. And I'm like 15. Right. Yeah. So, so like, no, he's in a band with Glenn and Bob Veers. And I was like, yo, hold up those guys are legit so we uh so we went over and jammed and that and i got in that band and we were in that band together for five years oh wow i, think. I don't know that it was per- i don't know that it was necessarily that long it was dude it was it was a little bit i long think it time. was closer to like three going on four i don't think it was a full five years we said okay. yeah, somewhere between three and five yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that's how long we, or no fuck 
that's wrong. I was like, what? I was, yeah. That's, that's a year. Like, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Four years in one day. That's it's what I'll give you. a year and a day. <laughs> All right. So, Tom, um, you... But, uh, but Ehab and Nick, uh, they played in a band together. Very similar situation. They've known each other since they were little, little kids. Okay. And uh, so we were in this band, and they were in that band, and we knew each other through the scene. And then uh, old Justin here up and moved to Boston on me. Oh. And... He bro- broke up that original band. I did not break up that original band. Broke up the original band. No, I did. <laughs> Do you remember what broke up the original band? Well, yeah, the singer quit. Okay, yeah. So, so, no, the, sing- this the singer quit, and then he moved to Berkeley, like, instantly. It was, sure. I mean, but, I mean, it was, yeah, it was all in the plan, but I was, like, trying to, like, promote and pump the, the EP we had just recorded and released, like, three months prior to it, but, you know. <laughs> So he, he goes to Boston at the same time Nick goes to Boston and Ehab hasn't played anything for like a year. So I take the remnants of that band playing on Henry that me and him were in and Ehab comes in and sings and he sings with us for like eight months. And then Justin came back on winter break. And uh, that was the first time me, him and Ehab ever jammed. Oh, cool. and that was pretty banging. And did you guys yeah, know was immediately pretty- there was, there was something there? Yeah, it was, it was, that's what I'm saying. It was like the first time ever that I've like played and just been like, boom, this is it. Oh, I mean, it was instantaneous because it was like, for me, because I, I was playing with all these like really crazy players at Berkeley, but it, they, it was almost like there was too much emphasis on like just being by yourself and like practicing on your own for like eight hours a day, uh, which obviously there's nothing you can do, but get better when you're shedding away by yourself, which like, I was really fortunate to have the opportunity to do, but I was like, man, like who's playing shows like outside of like, you know, the two, three little performances you have in your, you know, for your semester or whatever with, you know, in your ensembles and shit, like there weren't really that many freaking guys going out and like playing in bands and trying to like actually really make, yeah, it was very, it was very surprising to me. Now, I mean, there were, like the jazz cats, like there's always that scene and they always go out to the long jam nights at the certain spot on Tuesday nights. And then this spot on Thursday, you know, there's always that scene and stuff, but like nobody really wanted to be in a rock band. Wow. So when I was back and I came home for that winter break, I was content. You know what I mean? I had like three semesters left. I was like, just going to ride it out and go get my degree and figure it out. But when we played together, it was like, I was, I was like, I have not had this much fun playing my instrument in years. It had literally been years at that point. And I was like, something's, something's off here. So luckily we all followed that feeling. (laughs) Like, cause it led to, I mean, things that we haven't even, I mean, it's crazy. You know, we were just talking about it a couple, not too long ago about like, like 
just certain little things will happen throughout the day or throughout the week. And we'll be like, could you imagine if you told like 14 year old Tommy, <laughs> like, he'd be like, okay, yeah, like, cool. Like done made it. Like that's, that's like, <laughs> that's so it's, it's like, it's pretty unbelievable the stuff that's happened to us. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really, it's really been a crazy ride. And especially, you know, we, we went on with the three of us for a while under the name black coffee. And then we switched to South of Eden after we got Nick in on base. Yeah. And it's just been a, ever since ever since then man it's been personal musicianship is going on a real fast track and then like it feels like the songwriting and the stuff that we're coming up with is just like i i'm not i'm not a third person so i can't say whether it's better or not but it's it's a it's a lot of fun to play like the shit that we're writing now is just the shit that we've been coming out with yeah it's always the the next best thing to us you know what i mean it's always just like we it's it's been a little bit thrown off with this this year with the covid stuff but bet yeah we recorded these uh, that's a whole other thing <laughs> talk rambling okay <laughs> that's a whole this is like with our song the talk i mean ehab wrote those lyrics i mean the, oh, the the in these trying times that was written in in the like, june, june of 2019, 2019. these trying times things they like the and it's just kind of like freaky how that kind of like happened you know what i mean and it was just like okay that's kind of crazy so we you know we were in in full steam ahead like you know any other touring musician who's getting ready to tour this year you know like okay let's let's go and rock this thing and we're here so we're you know still writing obviously but it's like man we have all this material that people haven't even heard yet we have to go play all this stuff which is great because hopefully it translates you know, live in the performances that were tight and, um, you know, it opens us up to, to not think, think as much and have fun right. with it. Right. So how did you guys, yep. um, meet up with Nick, the guy who ended up becoming your bassist? I, well, like I said, him and, uh, him and Ehab played in, uh, in bands for all through high school and stuff. Yeah. Another tiny little, like <laughs> the, detail, the side note <laughs> detail in that is the fact that when, when I was in Boston for Berkeley, Nick was playing in a band in Boston because he had thought that he had followed guys that I went to school with who had also gone to, to Berkeley and they were like the only rock band there that was actually playing out of Boston, but they all had their members and they were all no room for a, there's no three guitar players. Yeah. So no Skinner stuff. um, So so we were in Boston at the same time. Like it was, it was just kind of weird. We came back like, you know, he, he wasn't there in the beginning. I think he might've probably back four or five months. Maybe, yeah. Maybe in a, probably another semester for some, probably like six months or something yeah. like that. But yeah. Um, but a yeah, so there was always months. that, well, no, but yeah, you figure for like moving out all that no. shit. I mean, if you're there anyways, so <laughs> yeah, there, there was always that, 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 uh, high school connection between him and Ehab and them playing in bands together. And, and he, well, you know, he's like, we had always kind of coveted him, like looked at him as like one of the best bass you know, players, bass players was our in age Columbus. Was yeah. Around, was, like yeah. fit the image. Like he, yeah. we were, he, he plays awesome. He's got great tone. He's got great feel. 
and like just to have and that we were because the, the three of us tommy ehop and i were so tight in such like a not only just like in a, a music way but just as people and as friends like it, it just made sense it's like okay this is somebody who we already have we already know ehop trusts yeah so it's like it's not it's not as hard to just bring somebody in you know kind of off the streets so to speak uh, yeah yeah it'd been you know we had kind of come to the decision that we were like well Ehab is a great vocalist and he's a great bass player, but when he's trying to do two things of, you know, like that at once, it kind of, it was like, we knew that to, to reach that next level of performance that we wanted to, we had to free him up to let that voice be his oh, number yeah, one. Let, yeah, you know? yeah. To let him do the front man thing. Cause you know, three, I mean, we played like a three piece. It was a lot of jams. It was not a lot of talking in between songs, not all, there was a lot of singing, but still, um, so we had very like cream. Yeah, it was very uh, creamish. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Really angry cream. Yeah, well, yeah. it was a little bit more. Harder it was cream spicy than... cream. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Spicy cream. I don't know. That, maybe you guys should have changed your name to Spicy Cream. <laughs> spicy cream, cream right? dude. But we uh, we had been cycling through bass players trying to find like the word. We, like we had put the word out like, hey, we're looking for somebody. And uh, we had basically cycled through all of the people that we were uh, trying out. We were kind of talking through that. And then Nick hit us up and was like, hey, is that spot still open? And we're like, yeah, buddy, come on down. <laughs> so he came up and uh, we just, you know, we jammed and it was really tight and awesome. And it was like, okay, <laughs> are you interested? He was like, yeah, are you interested? We're like, have been, bud. You're a little late to the party. Hop yeah. on in. So, so <laughs> he, he got immediately like, you know, and it's funny because Nick, Nick is the uh, he, he's the odd man out in terms of like musical taste and stuff because we're all rockers, metalheads, and he's just as much of a rocker and metalhead, but he also likes Don Broco. And uh, oh wow, who are some? I mean, he likes a lot. He's, of, he's, he he's, likes a lot of alternative. Yeah, he likes a lot of like the newer. Like he he really gets off on like all kinds of new pop and stuff yeah. like that. So oh, wow, whenever he writes a song, it definitely sounds like a pop song. But we uh, <laughs> we. Were, I'll, I'll let you take a guess which song in the EP was uh, kick-started by Nick. Yeah. Oh, that has a Nick feel to it. So your sound is a definite throwback for me. And like I said at the very beginning, that it sounds like the stuff I was listening to when I was in high school back in the late 80s, early 90s. Is that coming back or, or are you guys one of a few bands doing that in the area or is, is that sound more unique to just you guys? And Cause I don't, I haven't heard music like that. I mean, it, it honestly, to me, it sounds like some of the really awesome bands that came out of LA back in the late eighties, early nineties, like, like, like you, the banner behind you, guns and roses, yep. or first of all, I guess I, I want to know, is that a, is that a trend that's going to be starting back up and be how are the audiences responding to you guys when you were out playing? <laughs> Cause we've had to stop that for a while. It's a really good question because the, so the first part was like to our, our local scene, I guess it's, it's really, it's two things here. It's like really heavy rock, almost metal. Okay. And, and a lot of metal actually. Um, and then it's, it's country and there's really? a lot of, who who love rock and roll here like because it's a i mean columbus is a very it's in between you know cincinnati and cleveland and pittsburgh and it's i mean it's not it's not a steel town per se but it's still a blue collar you know kind of like a, a hard you know i mean hard, it's cow town yeah it's a cow, yeah they nick 
Columbus Cowtown. So, you know, it's a it's a you know growing city in the middle of a, a farmland. So, right. a huge love for rock and roll, but not a lot of bands are like playing it. There's not a lot of young people who are going out and writing their own songs and doing like the just rock and roll thing. It's kind of it's kind of a little bit more on the heavier side. Okay. Um, yeah, a really a lot of really great metal. I mean, Beartooth came oh, yeah, out of Columbus. Absolutely. If you're familiar with them, they're they're yeah. modern heavy heavy stuff. Yeah, but yeah. They're, really star, star set is another yeah, one. i don't yeah, really they're know they're okay. i guess they're kind of rocking the alternative yeah they're kind of, more alternative i um, think 21 pilots i mean my god oh yeah you know i mean they were they're what 15 20 minutes grew up away from right here you know yep. here we wow. pretty much grew up backyard so yeah um so there, there's a lot going on musically in columbus but not a lot yeah of, not not a lot of like the, the bare bones type rock there's a lot of really cool like alternative there's a band called ldd liberty deep down that's really cool that we like out here and harmless habit which is the next other band yeah. <laughs> and uh <laughs> but uh, but that's it man i mean there's not there's not too to, many to young the point of bands. like like the influences like probably where you're getting that the guns and roses thing from is like that's one of e-hob and nick's like biggest influences are axel and, and duff and like right. obviously that's just like one of a lot with them like you know e-hob yeah. really Michael Jackson and freaking Prince and like we all love those all of those. Oh, artists. I can definitely and, hear those influences in the vocals. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. and and he yeah because he he does a lot with his with his melody and and I guess it kind of because Tommy and I like come from that older older school like almost like late sixties into the seventies where it's like this, you know, it's Sabbath and Zeppelin and, right. you know, early, Van, early Van Halen and like, yep. D, and D and D, and, you know, all that, that stuff. And so I think when we like bring those like influences together, that's kind of like what you get. And I think like that has a definite, you know, natural, I guess, kind of throwback to like maybe, maybe that late eighties thing. But I, I hear, I, I hear a lot of times people, and this is like, I try to, like Tommy said, like, I try to stay kind of like out of it, but like, I, I hear a lot. It's like, it's, you guys sound like kind of vintage, like seventies, but then also there's this like nineties grunge thing kind of like almost going on. Interesting. And, and yeah, so it's really cool to like hear that there's a little bit of everything. Cause like, that's the honest truth to it is, is like, you know, it's 2020, you know what I mean? Like we've, we, there's so my, I mean, my God, like you're talking about 50 years worth of 50 years plus worth of just speaking of our influences and then all the music that's come out since then. Right. That's in movies and American pop culture, like everywhere we're influenced by every it's, you know, you can't get away from those, those songs. So it's definitely we we we're not like thinking like oh we have to write like this certain way it's just it's what we like we like tommy likes playing drums that were made in the 70s you know or earlier uh i like playing with a certain tone because it's the way that i like to hear my guitar sound it's yeah. not really like i have to cut you know copy this thing so it's really it's i'm grateful for the fact that a lot that the one thing that stuck out and and the feedback that we've gotten is that it's it's a unique it's it's a unique sound because i think that that's what we're after is we're trying to create our own sound and and have our own brand so to speak because i think at the end of the day that's how you actually build a band that is sustainable and lasts and can grow um to the way that you want to be true to yourselves you know obviously and create you know something unique and fresh well i think you guys nailed it especially considering the prevailing trends now is it it's straight ahead rock and roll oh yeah absolutely I, yep. there's 
huge hunger for it. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, well, here's the thing. It, it, it happens. It's so cyclical. And because if you look at it, I, I'd say maybe every 10 to 15 years, things just kind of start to cycle Reset. back. Yeah. Because if you look at the, the concept, just the concept of just straight up rock and roll, you look at the 70s and 80s, it was straight up rock and roll meant 50s stuff. You know, Neil Young put out his Neil Young and the Blue Notes album. Yep. You look at the 80s and 90s, when they said straight up rock and roll, it was more bluesy uh, British invasion stuff. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. In the, two, in the 2000s, they said straight up rock and roll, everybody meant punk. And so now, you know, if you say straight up rock and roll, it's a, the later sound. Like, to me, like I said, your sound is more late 80s rock. It's the stuff that came out of, of LA and, 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 and all. And it was... That sounds, especially considering what's popular now, that's straight up rock. Yeah, yeah, and the, and the thing is, I uh, you know, I that's that's what I love about rock music is it's it's had. There's been somebody playing real rock since the day. Yeah, you know, there's all every single decade you can find somebody in there playing rock the way it's supposed to be. Right, and it was explained to me real well one time with the whole grunge thing. Cause I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of grunge. I love all the grunge bands. I was raised on it. My dad loved them. And uh, he was like, well, the reason you like grunge is cause they, they're a sixties. Like the whole grunge thing was a sixties throwback. Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, dude, look at them. They're rebellious. They're super fuck the system. They're super raw. No overdubs, all the weird off notes, all the weird yeah, shit. Everything they left, been, yeah. they performed with, they performed and... with hardly any stage lights. They just walked out in their t-shirts, just played it's and then raw. walked off. Stage. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And I was like, Oh my God. He was like, yeah, but they didn't grow up in the fifties. They grew up in the eighties. So it's just music that was coming out of them in their soul. Just, what they had been influenced by, but they just did it in a sixties style. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my God. And that's kind of like where our blend comes in because we, we really love and appreciate the music from the sixties, seventies and eighties, especially, right. you know what I mean? That's in my opinion, when it was the most real, the least filtered, you know, and grunge was kind of a reset to what happened in the late eighties, which was like glam and like, you know, I won't name any names or anything, but we all, we all know that story. Right. So it was getting a little inflated. Grunge came in and popped the bubble. I, I won't speak to the music industry nowadays, but I feel like, uh, I feel like it's about time for the bubble to get popped. There's kind of that aggression there's and there's, yeah, kind of, there's a lot of, there's, there's kind of, there's, ready, kind, yeah. there's kind of like that. And that's coming from us. Cause we're, we've grown up listening to this stuff and we're like, man, more people in the world need to be doing this. Like we need to go out here and do this the real way, but we got to do it good enough to like, prove a point you know we got yeah, something yeah. to prove we're we're the guys who have always been told wow that's that's really weird you guys don't record with a click and you know how are you going to do this and that's how just, are you going to make it that's how yeah how are you going to make it not recording to a click that's not the way the professionals do it and we're like right oh, no that's this is our way <laughs> yeah this is our way and uh you know so we we've fought that fight up until we met greg up until we met and recorded with greg wells we had fought that fight every single time anyone wow. put a microphone on we had, we had never been able to truly like with, I mean, with black coffee, with take one, I feel like we got pretty freaking close. Yeah. We got like, we, close. we didn't record to click then.
was live, it was all the same thing, but the songwriting, the songwriting is what really set it off. And Greg is just, he's kind of, there's just this kind of aura about him. And I, and I think that we, we clicked so, so well from the, from the first conversation that we had with him and it just developed into this awesome relationship and friendship really. And and he kind of gave us all the tools that we needed so to speak, which really wasn't much. I mean, it was like, at the end of the day, this is your, you know, this is your baby. This is what you're doing, you know, because right. we didn't know what to, to expect. We're, we're, you know. Yeah, this is the big scary producer in L.A. that we're getting sent by our label to. I'm well, like, oh, God. We, I mean, we know, Here it we, comes. Like, this is the fight that I've been told I'm going to have to go uh, <laughs> my whole life. Like and I, no, 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 no. I was prepared. I was like, oh, God, here we go. And we met Greg, and I was like, yeah, man. So I play a 26-inch kick drum. He's like, man, that's awesome. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, uh, hold up. I was like, wait, I was like, wait a minute. It, it, it doesn't have a hole in the kick drum. He's like, great, great. I bet that thing's awesome. I can hear that on take. And I was like, who are you? And then we just, it was just open door freedom. Like whatever, we, however we wanted to mic things, however we wanted to like, well, he mic'd it. Cause we were like, Hey, you, <laughs> yeah. we want to hear how you sound. Uh, but in terms of, in terms of writing and in terms of the way we wanted to play stuff, man, it was just like the freest like feeling in the world yeah so how did you guys get hooked up with greg greg wells who's done work with adele 21 pilots deftones how did you guys get hooked up with him and, and how did that whole experience go i that i mean that was uh it's a great question i mean that that was something that kind of, well, we we had made a, a very like extensive list like and we had like put these names of producers who were like I have no, this guy clearly is not, has no interest in doing our stuff, right? But we're going to put it on here anyway. We're just boom, 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 just making this list. And then all of a sudden we're like having conversations with these, I guess out of respect, I won't name names, but like yeah. names of somebody that you've mentioned already, you know, in this conversation, flag banner hanging up in band room. Like <laughs> and we're all the clues. <laughs> and so, so, you know, people, people like that. And, one person like had listened to take one and literally had, I was so blown away by it that he had literally taken notes of like, not just each song, but like verse by bar by bar. He's like reading, wow. he's like, man, this, is what you, you know, he's like, man, I love it. And it was, we were just so blown away. And Greg at the beginning was kind of like this like outlier in a way. Cause it was like awesome freaking like bands and, and artists that he's worked with with names you, you named like Katy Perry, like all these like, mega, mega hits yeah. and awesome freaking albums. They sound like amazing. It's my favorite 21 pie. I mean, th that's my favorite 21 pilots album that they have personally. And just from the moment that, that I get I, that we talked to him, you know, cause he took the call and we were working with, you know, with the, the little information that we had, which was, Hey, we're, you know, thinking about getting into this deal with lava, you know, we're a little, yeah. we're a little uneasy cause like we've, we're a rock band. We've heard our whole lives getting into to record deals, you know, as a rock, band, as a rock band a early idea. on is, is like scary. So we're like trying to feel out that, but then also like we try, we're trying to get somebody on our, you know, our side here, so to speak, and, and see if, who we want to work with before yeah. we even get in conversation and lo and behold it became this perfect match because not only did we hit it off with greg immediately just in ideals and like what we wanted to do like tommy was saying earlier but greg and lava jason flom you know they had always kind of wanted to work together and it had never really quite worked out oh really um 
So it was just kind of this this beautiful little kind of it was just, it was just kind of like happened, you know really what I mean? Well. And and um, and Greg, when he heard, I'll never forget when he and I had a conversation for the first time. It was like he he said that when we he heard our album, he like from take one, he was like, "Man, I've been waiting for ever." for years for a rock band to like come about and that I like actually like really want to work with. And to hear that come from him was like mind blowing. Yeah, so that was I like, bet. yeah, I mean, it was, it was awesome. And, and the experience with him couldn't, you know, it couldn't have been, couldn't have been better. It couldn't have been smoother. We got the most amazing sounds that I think we could have ever hoped for. And, you know, obviously you want to strive to make them better, you know, as your Ooh, career oh, goes yeah. along. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. The thing that I'm hearing from you guys is that a lot of what's going on around the band focuses on perfect timing. Everything seems to be just falling into place nice and easy, and the timing is just right for everything. Yeah, and my one of the one of my the favorite things that I've I've ever been I've ever heard come out of anybody's mouth is that luck is just when opportunity and preparation meet. Yes, you know. What I mean? So it's it's like when you when you you're gonna get that's what I like one thing to tell anybody any like young musician any this like man I can't I can I'm trying to sell the you know tickets to my show that's coming <laughs> up on Saturday because we've been there and you got to hit this amount or else the freaking guy who's promoting it's gonna freaking eat charge, you, you. charge you and then sometimes you lose like, fourteen tickets oh, at twenty five dollars a head and then you have to pay it oh. yeah. Oh. I really yeah. hate that happens don't you justin i hate it and you yeah ha- and it's, it's terrible like, i hate it. just like you have to go through and you have to man keep pushing forward because like yeah. i mean literally you never know what can happen and, and at some point you are going to get your opportunity it's yep. just did you stick with it long enough and are you, you prepared enough and are you going to be prepared for when it, it, it happens and and we we've still got a lot of miles to go. We talk about. We, I mean, we, we literally talk we, about that we, every we, day. Yeah, we 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 talk about how we are not. We have not even scratched the surface of because I mean we want to hit the road. We want to go oh, play. Yeah, yeah we want to be at like at like the end of the tour level, like when we when we play our first show. You know, because because like I said again, this was supposed. You know, we were hoping to get our you know sea legs and road legs. You know, so to speak, underneath this us and our miles underneath us this year to right. really build up build up our stage show and and our performances and create kind of like a, a standard and keep it growing. So now it's kind of like, it's, it's even made us want to want to start want off even, even more. Yeah. Even more. Cause it's just like, my God. Yeah. yeah. Cause we we're also, we're also just have, like, it, it's, it's weird. Cause obviously the whole situation with not being able to tour and all that stuff really sucks. But one the one silver lining kind of that's in it for us is that we've had a lot of time to kind of just shut into ourselves and like, figure out little details like figure out little stage show things because you know we were i mean early van halen and acdc yeah. i we I, you were both raised on uh, you know that stuff i was raised on do 80s era aussie like early randy Rhodes type year stuff and for me it's like if you could if you could just channel that it, you know in in the way that we do you know in the same way that we do everything which yeah. is kind of the idea we want to go through but obviously we're just going to do it our way 
And uh, so we've been doing a lot of thinking about silly things like, you know, like light show and that kind of stuff. And, and I think we've run through different set lists over yeah. our head. I don't know how many times. I mean, like, <laughs> this better be the best show. Like, you know, what I mean, better be the best. <laughs> we have put a lot that. of work into this. Yeah. We have thought about a lot of when details. You, when you were, when you're getting down to the details of specific bass drum patterns and well and, we, we, and we won't it, we won't delve into that and make a lot but i'm saying but i'm saying when you have the event, when you have it. the when you get to that point it's like okay you've been rehearsing a lot now it's time to go on the road yeah. and get your yeah so you guys you guys used to be called black coffee yes what spurred the name change and why did you pick south of eden well the simplest answer is that we really don't enjoy getting sued okay <laughs> Was, I mean, it wasn't even that so works. much. We didn't, that, hold on, let me finish. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. So Nick, uh, Nick got in the band, and it really just felt like a different band. Like okay. we all just felt like it was just different. It was just taking us. It, it took us up that platform that we wanted to really go up, and we knew we like you know wanted to do that. And so it, we were we we were writing differently. We were playing differently. We were all that stuff, and that was just the general vibe of the band was this changeover period, and. Uh, and then uh, there was this other musical artist named Black Coffee. Owns all the copyrights. Uh, well, you can't write Black you, Coffee. You can't. It's kind of like an indefin undefinable term, but it, it's still like when you would go and Google, it's like, what? hey, did you know there's a Black Coffee? You know, when you go and tell people it on Spotify, his he... He has all the blue check marks. He's a very, very popular very artist. Very popular. He's spotted he's featured on, on a Drake album. Yeah, and, Drake. And, um, he's okay. big time. So okay. it was one of the... Like it was a it was a good problem to have because it was like we didn't think that it was gonna be a problem you know because we never thought that it would matter <laughs> you know what I mean well hey you know so, half of marketing for for bands is all search engine marketing and search engine optimization yep. so I can imagine black coffee would have been a nightmare I, like you'd be like you know spiral ham yeah right exactly just throw it yeah that hurts me so much though because back in the day uh before the uh before the internet you know forty years. <laughs> Live. Yeah. I remember those days. Yeah. When, uh, <laughs> when, when you could name your band Cream or The right. Doors or was, um, The Beatles yeah. Freaking, <laughs> or um, The Turtles yeah. and get away with it. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, it's like it's like the old line of Spinal Tap. You know, we were the originals, but then we found out there was another band called The Originals, and so we had to be the new originals. We, yeah. we heavily, heavily considered the new originals. Oh, <laughs> like, we. We heavily considered that, but we were like, we can't. Like, people think we're a Spinal Tap tribute band. Yeah. Like, I mean, we kind of are. Wait, listen, we might start that. <laughs> we'll open the new the original. New original. That would be amazing. A buddy of mine, his brother's in a band. I, I used to do a sports podcast, and my a buddy of mine, Eric, his brother, is an actor out in LA. He used to. I don't know if you guys ever watched Smallville. Oh yeah. Yeah, his brother was Lex Luthor. So. Oh wow. Yeah. That's all. Awesome. So he he's got a band. Lex, um, his name's Michael Rosenbaum. His he had a band. They used to just play around, and they called themselves Shit Sandwich. <laughs> sure. So I th that was uh, the whole of the album. Uh, two word review. Yeah. Uh, it's sandwich. Shit sandwich. You can't print that. <laughs> you can't print that. <laughs> so so they started to get a little more serious, and they're like, ah, uh, I don't think we can call ourselves Shit Sandwich anymore. <laughs> So by shit I don't know, man. I think the power play would have been to keep going by shit sandwich. I, that's what I would tell them, but they just they changed it. They shortened it to just the sandwich. 
<laughs> that's always better. That's all. That's, that's always better. Just, the name of the band is just Sandwich. It was for for like a year, and then they decided they were going to actually record an album, and so they're like, "I don't think this is the Sandwich sounds serious." And it, uh, uh, the bassist is a friend of mine named Carl, and he, if you guys ever watch the show Ballers on HBO, he played uh, TTD. Okay. Oh, shit. okay. So yeah. He, he, awesome dude, Carl McDowell. So he's that's awesome. He was the bass, or he is the bassist, and uh, so he's he's been on the show a couple times, and, and we were talking, and he's like, "I like shit sandwich, man." It, but like, what's well, what's the new name? He's like, "They want to call it Left on Laurel." So that's, that's be, not bad. That's actually pretty cool. cool. Yeah. See, I didn't like. It. Basically, it was just directions to his house. Yeah, Left it, on Laurel. That's I mean, why that's it's cool. cool. Yeah, so. we had when we were like going through. Nick, we the the road that we recorded take one on is was called No Bigsby Road and No was spelled N O E, and we we're like that's that's like interesting. So we were like, what if we went by No Bigsby? We have a song now that's working titled No Bigsby. We might just we might actually just keep it that. Day. Yeah, yeah, we, <laughs> but, that was definitely written at No Bigsby. Yeah, it was. It was actually nice. But so I, that, that's cool. So so how did you guys decide on South of Eden? Uh, are are we gonna do it? I feel like I'm being set up here. Well, Uh, (laughs) well, man, you know, when I came up with the name me, Tom McCullough, the fourth year, when I came up with the name South of Eden, uh, man, I mean, to put it simply, it was like uh, it was like 2001, man. And that's what was happening at the time. I can't do that. I can't. I can't do that. To do it if no see because if there were four of us it would be like okay but the, like, the, the joke is we all claim yeah very fervently that we came up when i came up I with came the name up. and then we all just tell like some bullshit story nice. about how <laughs> i have to have all four of you guys on and then i know redo Honestly, it i don't remember i don't i don't quite hurting remember. the four of us together for anything but band it's practice very is hard. very difficult very very, <laughs> very good. like we're always hanging in two-man pairs you know what I mean? At, at all times, oh, yeah. like two of us are together and the other two are together, like hanging out for doing whatever. And it's always a different group too. It's always like, it's, it's like, <laughs> yeah, same, but the same them three times a week for practices. So you know, three, four times for practice. That's so, hard enough. So Ehab and Nick are doing another podcast right now. They did one <laughs> earlier, earlier this week oh, okay. or early, yeah, earlier today. <laughs> yeah. Man, so I wasn't even wrong. Holy crap. Hey, yeah, yeah, <laughs> we were like, Hey, let's split them. Let's split them up today. We, we hung out later. Yeah, yeah, see, you guys got on the better show. Yeah, yep, you know what exactly. I mean? Yeah, exactly. See, I mean, screw, who, who, who the hell actually listens to Joe Rogan anyway? <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so when you guys go into re, to, to record, are the songs already written? Do you guys do a lot of jamming in the studio, working things out in the studio? Or is, are you guys basically pretty much prepared and you know what you want once you get in there? Well, when we when we went into to work on this um, album with Greg, we had allotted how was it three or four weeks of for, practice for in yeah four at, at the rehearsal yeah so we had this rehearsal space for about four weeks um, where we just you know clearly we treated it kind of like a like a Monday to Friday like nine to five you know what I mean like right. just kind of go and figure it out and we had we had several songs that we had brought with us. Um, and several songs that we brought with us didn't particular didn't end up on the album, but the majority of the ones that we knew were the strongest wound up on it. So it's probably I'd say probably like I'd say half the album was written before we got there, and we wrote a lot while we were while we were also there. Like we wrote full songs while we were there. Oh, cool. um, 
so it's it's a very it's like a combination and obviously the songs like grew and took new forms so like every song like probably changed a little bit like maybe a chord you know change here or there um but it was just made you know adding more flavor to the songs and making them you know it's, it's like the songwriting thing you know is the more we play the better the better that we you know feel like we get as yeah. songwriters players so it's a feeling out process and we just kind of use yeah, like i said use those four weeks to get together and come up with the best tunes that we possibly could have and we came up with almost like 20 songs oh wow and we kind of narrowed them down and narrowed them down and narrowed them down and we wound up like recording 12 or 13 and but, then we called that down and, and then we cut yeah we wound okay. up going with albums so we've got some starters and and honestly like we write so much to where that's it's like we've we've written more stuff that we're even more excited about like even within the last couple of months you know even the last so yeah we're always writing there's never a time when we're not writing it's just when we go into the studio well i mean the one time that we've been in the studio where we've had the time allotted to be able to be like okay we're going to take four weeks yeah, nine we're doing to five, nothing else. every day this is what we do for yeah. a job now we're um, musicians yeah, yeah. We did it for a month. <laughs> But the uh, the the thing that that did is it just kicked the the songwriting into overdrive. Okay. Yeah. And then one of, one of the great things that Greg did actually, I'm going to credit him with this, is he just kept the ball rolling on songwriting. He wasn't oh. like, okay, yeah. let's pick eight. Don't take oh, too much. Yeah, yeah let's much let's time. pick eight, you know, or ten that we're going to take into the studio and let's rehearse those for a yeah. week. He was like, no, rehearsal is writing. So we would go in every day, and we we would we, I mean, we obviously ended up running all the songs yeah. like pretty often you get a couple you, you get a couple days beforehand and you ham and you just you just do nothing but play them through yeah but he we had like like justin said between the songs we wrote before we got there and the songs that we had after we had somewhere around like 20 songs oh wow and he was just all the way up until three days before he was like let's just keep running all of them every single one of the 20 let's just cycle them through every couple days we'll run every you know and uh so we did that and then about like like justin said like about three days before we were like okay here's like the 12 or 13 that we're like really going to do for real okay and so then we spent those days jamming those but still by the time we went to the studio man we weren't like a hundred percent on we were still writing in the studio wow. you know what i mean which i which i think was greg's intention yeah you know, because <laughs> that's how you keep things real free-spirited and real yeah open to change and messing around with it is right then you know so is is the songwriting really collaborative between the four of you guys or is somebody just bringing in a song and saying hey this is this is what i want to hear it's totally it's completely collaborative you know there'll there'll be guys like a lot of times ehob will come with like a skeleton basis and then we'll kind of sit around learn it you know add maybe a verse add bridges hey maybe we switch this around here add the you know what if, what if you did this stuff like that so there's always you know there's you know songs that I, you know it's vice versa it happens all the time and and i think that every guy kind of gets his licks in so to speak so there's always like really nobody's stepping on each other's toes we always give each other the freedom to to talk and do what they do best i mean you know tommy was even you were the one that probably i mean ehop writes 90 percent of the lyrics but you're you're the one that kind of he actually helped with lyrics on yeah I, I, I don't help whatsoever with notes progressions i don't know what those are i couldn't name a scale so yeah. i'm just I, that's the string department i don't go there so I do drums, I do drums. And, and I help write poems. Now you'll notice yep. what I said there. Yep. I don't help. I, I kind of help with melodies, 
but I write poems. So I can, I can help with, uh, I can help with a rhyme or two if I need to, but that's other than that, I stick strictly to Monroe. So, <laughs> that's, so the EP is, is out. When is the full length coming out? Mm, hopefully we're kind of, we're shooting for by the end of the year, okay. you know, that all just ultimately turns into and some change yeah. <laughs> so you know saying it's, it's like show business like yeah. the end of the year beginning of next year you okay. know is i think i think you won't be waiting much much past february oh yeah awesome. um, is it going to be completely different songs from the ep or is it going to is the ep just like a, a teaser for the album yeah, the EP was more or less more or less treated as as exactly right a teaser and appetizer essentially for the ten song album. So the four songs that you have on the EP will be as is on the record, and there'll be six new songs that you haven't heard yet. I've I've heard rumors of you guys doing like an Audio Slave and an Elvis cover. Is that uh, accurate? <laughs> Okay, oh, see, see, see so, he's got so, some inside information. All right, yeah, because we, we premiered the uh, the obviously we played "Show Me How to Live." We did it live um, at Joe Beer's Sonic Lounge Studios in Columbus. months ago uh, as part of kind of uh, a little bit of a lot of stuff that we were doing in there yeah, at the time, it was, just it was, it making was a, use of our extra time on our hands. Yeah, okay. But well, did not tunes. know that, that somebody knew about Ooh. the uh, Elvis so, cover. So, who, so, so, sir, who'd you hear that from? <laughs> who, who, get that little who, Whose neck do you have to ring? <laughs> Let's just say I, I heard it on uh, an interview somewhere. Oh, okay, so oh that was a <laughs> <laughs> so immediately just say yeah okay but so yeah it's i was gonna ask if there's a if if you guys have a, a whole bunch of covers or there's the only two and are, are they actually going to be coming out at all uh mr mr young okay please yeah. mr mccullough uh as as mr young's attorney at law uh <laughs> i'm informing him that he is not allowed to speak right now okay, okay. uh <laughs> audio slip something to do with elvis maybe we just drew a picture of him you know okay. i don't know uh beyond that unfortunately is classified top secret my dude i can understand and, uh, or classified top secret who knows who may have leaked what uh but <laughs> there's a leaker in the system somewhere as of right now he those or are, she will be found those are classified code one so we will uh, Keep those, we'll keep those as surprises for you guys. So perhaps the Elvis cover was just you drew a copy of a cover of one of Elvis's albums. Boom. Oh, damn. Yeah. Hey, that is an Elvis cover. Is Your words, not mine. Boom. <laughs> Burn off our fingerprints. You're We're right. good. We're yeah. clean. <laughs> you guys are still writing, and, and do you guys get the chance to actually play together often with all the uh, COVID nonsense going around? Yeah, I mean we're 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 like practically like living together. You know what I mean? Like so we're we're around each other every day. I mean we're when we we as it is we're kind of like so busy with 
our work schedules, you know, cause we're, we're all working, you know, we're not making a whole lot of money off of this right now, not touring. Yeah. So, you know, um, that are we all we all kind of individually just naturally keep our a tight knit you know as it is you know with our families and stuff yeah. and it's kind of i think like everybody's been doing just communicating like like hey you know such and so you know whatever and and you know there was like there was a time a couple weeks ago where i had a sinus infection had to call off from work <laughs> yeah. and, I, and i went and, and and all clear you know all all you know can't, everything came back negative thank god so oh, um yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, you know, we're, we're doing the best that we can with everything. I think like, like everybody else and we're practicing, you know, three, three to four times a week. And cause like I said, we just really, we're playing, um, a show on, uh, Saturday, October 3rd, um, in our hometown in Columbus at Flanagan's pub. And, um, it is, uh, yeah, it's, it's really exciting cause we, we sold it out and we're considering doing, um, adding a second date to it. We're just so excited to kind of play for our fans again. And it's, it's, um, you know, it's going to be a totally socially distanced concert. It's going to be, you know, okay. you know, very safe for everybody. You know, we want everybody not only to feel safe, but like comfortable, you know what I mean? I know yeah. that everybody there's, you know, kind of the two sides of it. You know, there's a lot of people who are really amped up and really want to get out and, and just live like normal. I think everybody wants to do that. And then yeah. there's also, we're, you know, at a higher risk than, than certain others. And some people, you know, people who, you know, feel more seriously about it, you know, as well. So it's, it's like, we want everybody to, to feel comfortable when they're there and can just sit down and, and listen to music and not have to worry about anything else. Yeah. We want, we want this, you know, we want this show to basically be the escape from all of this shit because that's a that, that's another good uh i think i've mentioned him three times you can see if my dad was pretty close on me um yeah he used to talk about you know in the 80s he was like man he was like it was tough living through you know the the mid 80s and stuff you know there's nukes there's soviets there's are we going to go to world war three the world's on fire gas shortage the whole nine and he's like but dude for two hours when you went to a Dio concert, you just got drunk and watched a kick-ass rock show. You forgot about the Soviets and the nukes and the, all the bad shit and just jammed. Had a good time. And that's, uh, you know, as, as, as good of a job as we can do of, of having that be the release, uh, that's what we're, we're trying to go do. You know what I mean? Just, yeah. you know, social mass, that kind of stuff, just so everybody can kind of try to forget about this for a little while and just jam out. That's fantastic. I mean, that's what I think everybody needs at this point. So, you guys have shared the the stage with some pretty sweet bands. I mean, look, so you you shared bills with Puddle of Mud, Red Sun Rising. You played Sonic Temple and the Epicenter. What's uh, give me? Do you guys have an, uh, a particularly favorite story from the road? Oh, oh yeah, uh, have a couple that that you would like to share that without lawsuits. <laughs> of one story for sure in particular and there's def and it's great to get two perspectives of it because it's a pretty it's a pretty good story but you go you go first with yours because that's really the only one that i have that's like that's like what else am i you know what i mean so so we're we're standing there me ehab my girlfriend Alyssa, and his girlfriend katie where are we at epicenter north carolina okay. i was just Rocking making sure we're talking about the same thing okay. yeah right <laughs> Yep. Okay. So we're standing there watching the Foo Fighters. It's a like, Sunday night, so this is we had we had played on Saturday, so this was like our day off. We were like going going to watch the bands and stuff. And this was a very Foo Fighters' last band of the whole weekend. Yeah. Nice. So we're watching them jamming out, and we get a call from our uh, photographer John, who you know 
you, if you've watched interviews with us, you've every one of them's filmed by him. You know, he's, he did the uh, Dancing with Fire music video. He was kind of okay. like also like our acting tour manager at the time as well. He's worn, worn a lot of hats. For cool, me. cool. Okay, yeah, he's been there since day about two weeks. Yeah, he's he's wow. been there negative two weeks probably. Yeah, he's probably in it before. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> he was like he was like I feel like there's a band that's gonna be great. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we love John. We just shit on him. Uh, but so he calls me, he's totally freaking out. He's like, yo, Justin is in a fist fight right now. There's, there's some stuff you guys got to get here. So we of course go trotting. Off. I am not a fighter at all. And, I, have, oh. I've, I've, I had one fight before this. It was in the seventh grade. <laughs> okay. Like I, I don't fight. <laughs> I'm loving how to fight. Man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, uh, so they had in the in the meantime they had moved the bus to a different location that was in like they had gotten a pass from somebody and went in like the vendor area. We had to we had to go through like so much security just to get to <laughs> where we like to that point. Like we got through so much security to get to where we were at. Like we were behind the main stage and where all the other vendors were. Like he said, and there was no security yeah. anymore because you were that you would went through all the security at that right, point. Right, okay. so we go taking off running and there's like three checkpoints like of security before you get to this parking area none of us have passes so me and e are just like jogging and they're like hey you gotta stop we're like no we gotta go <laughs> so the first one got us stopped pretty good and we were like they like were like hey no if you go past here we're gonna tase you like don't go past but like you aren't allowed we're like, uh-oh so we were like no seriously we're in a band we played here blah 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 our friends in a fight we gotta go and just thank god that one of those security guards was just like all right man you're cool just go ahead we, we, we believe you we're like boom we just we just split we run as fat we were running because that was like the second to last one we were splitting and then there was this last guy just sitting like on a chair outside the one fence and we just went <laughs> straight back and he literally looks up from his phone and he's like all right <laughs> whatever so by the time we get there the the dude has been thoroughly ass kicked by the police and other people and uh justin <laughs> justin is sitting in uh one of the trailers like this rv kind of rv thing, trailer yeah. thing that our friend owns and he's got like a bag of peas on his wrist and his eye is just like Ooh. and there's somebody like butterfly bandaging his eye together so we're like oh, okay we need to figure out what went down i was told that uh somebody was trying to break into the trailer next to where our bus was parked this happened. This is not, I was told this actually happened because yeah, yeah. you remember this part. Well, yeah, basically what happened was, is that we were Nick and John and I were the only three of our like little group. And we were hanging out on some and Matt, of the rock. No, Matt was with us. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. Matt was with John, our photographer had known some of the, um, rock tenders that were working that week and he had shot them in, in calendars, um, and magazine shoots and all, all different sorts of things. So we were hanging out with them and all of a sudden one of the, so we're the only three guys hanging out with a lot of girls. And one of the girls comes running on, I'm just painting this picture just because like, of, to give you <laughs> the idea, funny how it well, well, right. But I mean, to give you the idea of this, of the, of the, what happened, the one of the girls came comes running in on the rv and just screams bloody murder somebody's on our rv broke into they're stealing all of our stuff we gotta go we gotta go wow. being the only men in sight <laughs> you're like okay here well, we go i gotta get up <laughs> time right, so, to go to work so i and, and, <laughs> he literally cracks <laughs> up right, yeah, yeah, yeah. so i lead the charge because i was of, <laughs> i was of course you know i was uh 
I was helped by other substances, I, I suppose, well, at, at that at that point. So I was I was rearing to go. Courage, and, baby. And yeah. courage. <laughs> Gotcha. And, and, uh, so sure, sure enough, I go turning the corner and there's another, an identical RV right there. And there's another female now is outside screaming bloody murder, pointing into the RV. I'm like, okay, here I go. So I go into the RV <laughs> and there is this just very much taller than, than myself, man. Okay. <laughs> who is also bigger than me, like more mass very, I'm like, I don't stand a chance here, but luckily enough for me, his back was turned to me and he had who I thought was our photographer, John Payne pinned to the ground because I heard this man, another man's voice on the ground. And it sounded to me like John. And at that moment, Boom. like I would like, I, almost like don't remember it basically i i grab i remember grabbing him by his shirt and getting him to the point where he was in the the stairway of the rv and he was kind of like holding his hands up trying to keep himself in so i just took my like my leg my foot and freaking kicked him out and then nick he the way that nick <laughs> always tells the story is like at that point we're waiting on the rv just outside of the rv to see what's happening and he always says that i apparently superman punched off of like, <laughs> almost like wwe style like off of the top rope like but i was at the top of the rv steps and i just kind of come flying out and 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 superman punched him and so <laughs> but probably didn't land that 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 good on got he got he got me one time pretty good and then the guy that that wound up i wound up getting up off the ground was um the um rock tenders he was like basically their their boss their like manager the guy that was paying for them to get all over he was driving them all around and like wow. so it wound up being a good thing that we were there and the the anyway that we all got separated they pinned the guy down or whatever the crazy thing was is that this guy um, had been hired like earlier that week to work as security. Oh, wow. And he, he was wearing a black security, like, you know, white security shirt. Yeah. And like everybody else was wearing that night. And I guess the, the word was, is that he never showed up to work on the first day. And this was at the end of the weekend at the end of the night, Sunday night. So I'm thinking to myself, like, was he literally doing this the entire week? going through looting you know shit through through rvs or vendor rvs and stuff and we just happened to he found the wrong place at the wrong time <laughs> yep. the very last and um luckily they got their stuff they, there was i mean he had bags full of stuff i mean it was crazy wow. so it was uh yeah that was and then that's when they they it was so funny from my perspective too because at this point it was all you know dust and settled what you know they're the cops writing their reports and stuff <laughs> and i'm sitting up on the rv and i'm like you know, tell I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm whatever. And I'm, and I had actually broken my wrist. So oh, like, geez. yeah, this is a whole other side. Yeah. The entire album that we uh, um, recorded, recorded in LA, I recorded on a broken wrist. We'll get to that in a second. Anyways. So, so wrist is broken. John's really concerned about my eyes. Like, no dude, you don't understand your eye. I got a butterfly, your eye. And I'm like, yeah, but my wrist really hurts, man. I don't, <laughs> I am that bad, but my wrist. I don't have to. Yeah, I don't have to use my eye to play guitar. So, right? Yeah. Solos. So, so like I essentially at the end, of, my perspective was I'm sitting there and and all this is happening, and then I see them, Ehab and Tommy, like running in, like ready for a fight. Like what? Like and then it was like all over with at that. Yeah, because me and Ehab were and Matt. 
Me, no, yeah, you, because oh, yeah, our roadie yeah. Matt was with us. They were all us. ready to go, man. We were ready to go, dude. We rolled in there, all three of us, because we're like, well, we're in, I won't say we're the beefcakes here. Well, today, you, but, you would probably last but, more than me. Clearly, I broke my rib. But me and Ehab are always the ones that tie on the arm wrestling contest. Except for yeah. John. John monster. And John. And John has crazy, an arm of concrete. The crazy thing is, yeah, John is the one person that, like, didn't throw you, a punch. No, but you do not want to fuck Damn with it, him because he is like the he's he would uh, he'd kick oh, any yeah. of our asses. Yeah, we could all try to try. He to was fight an John iron thing, worker it, yeah, no, and no. a roofer. Yeah, oh, kick, yeah. So, so, but he <laughs> goes and takes like a two minute phone call. The freaking thirty seconds that it takes for this to happen. I'm like, can't talk about timing. Jeez. So, flash forward a week later, we're supposed to freaking open up the main stage at Sonic Temple. Yeah, because this was an epicenter, and one week later we were supposed to play at Sonic Temple. Okay. We were going. Yeah, and yeah. I have a broken freaking wrist. <laughs> I go and confirm, clean break. Oh. I'm like, well, that sucks. So you know, I'm like, all right, weighing my options and and get through what I need to get. Thank God. I mean, somehow it like wasn't in. It, it was just enough to like really get by, and like the people that I that I respect like some of like my peers i'm like hey listen like was i fucking just so bad and they were like no nah, dude like i didn't i didn't really particularly i know i was not at 100 percent. yes but thank was i god. bad enough to be a stinker yeah, yeah thank god it was left hand if it was my if it was my fretting hand there would have been no way yeah but thankfully i was able to strum and essentially like after that it was what it was literally like three weeks later we were going to la to to wow rehearse and record and so i'm like going to go into doc and i'm like you know hey you know he, he's like you're gonna need surgery like you're gonna it's gonna need to be repaired you know what i mean like yeah. and i'm like okay well can't do that just yet because there's like all the you know recovery time cast all that stuff right you know there's getting to you know this everybody's schedules there's just so i'm like okay so will you make me like a like a really heavy duty splint or something easy that I can like take on and off and basically give me support throughout the day. And then when I need to play and record instead, and he did. And basically for, I, li- I lived with that for probably like two, I didn't have the surgery until like mid August. So it had, it had been broken for a solid two months before I had the surgery. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was something, it That's- was something else. Oh my gosh, man! That that's a hell of a story. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the best. That's the best road story we got. To. That's yeah. That's our. That's, that's we'll be here till Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, man, I've kept you a while. Thank you so much for joining me and and telling me of these awesome stories. Tell me about how the, how the band works because that's always fascinating. How as a non musician to, to learn how bands work because they're all different. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Every band and. Everybody, everybody has their own vibe and their own juju and the way that yep. they do it. And hey. that's great podcasts like this, honestly, because it's like getting to be, I mean, I, getting to listen to, to people talk and getting to know who they are as people is, is crucial. Yeah, that's crucial. That's, that's what I love doing. I love finding out about, well, first of all, new bands like you guys and finding out what's behind some of the albums that I love. Because I've, I've been lucky enough to have some pretty freaking awesome people on this show. Like sometimes I'm blown away by some of the, people have been lucky enough to have on here is there uh well i know there's gotta be what is the social media presence for you guys how can people follow you and, and keep track of what you're up to Wh- which may or may not include drawings of elvis 
<laughs> of Elvis album covers. Exactly. Facebook, South of Eden. Instagram, at South of Eden. It's, uh, it's band. A, they're all, yeah, it's at South of Eden Band or the handles. And then our, our merch is going to be um, at um, districtlines.com uh, slash South of Eden. Um, and then obviously you can stream our EP anywhere that you stream music, um, Spotify, Apple, um, Amazon Music, um, Pandora. I know I'm going to leave so many out. YouTube, there's, there's so, yeah, so yep. wherever you stream music, you can find South of Eden. EP is called The Talk. The Talk, yes. It's awesome. And I, I love it. I've been listening to it. I've been streaming it since you guys sent me the link and it's just it's awesome it just like i said many many times this episode it just kind of brings me back to being in high school the 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 prevailing sounds of that time and it's just it's it's like comfort food it just makes me feel good great to hear yeah yeah we 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 want to you know like tommy said earlier play the music that we kind of grew up you know, loving and, and just like you, you know, like we were inspired by all those bands, man. And, you know, we're just, you know, super fortunate and lucky to, to have this, you know, this opportunity to go and play these songs live, hopefully in the near future and, and, you know, put out more music that hopefully beats this and we're, Keep the we're, train yeah, rolling. we're, we're, yeah, we're really Keep excited. The train rolling. Yeah. Cause we've got six more songs that to add on to this. And there's like, I think about some of those songs. I'm like, oh, oh I can't, yeah, I can't baby. wait to I can't put wait. some because because we didn't, we definitely, uh, we we tried to to give you know make the EP like the the you know kind of make pick four songs that are the most different from each other. You know what I mean? And yeah, kind yeah. Of give it a very broad spectrum and a taste of what the whole album is and and um, a sample and, yeah, platter. Um, yeah, and and when you when you hit the whole album, that's another thing. Just to, to end it on, I think it's just one more thing that. Uh, we don't see enough of today is bands putting whole albums together, you know, because we know how people listen to music for 23. We know how the world works, but still just to put that little, like we're, we're tearing it and setting it up so that it feels not similar to the EP, but it gives you that same ride, yeah. but just, yeah, I mean, it's, you're gonna, it's everything we you're got. You're going to be able to, if you want to put the album South of Eden, if you want to drop it on vinyl and hear the actual tape that, you can hear in the recording that because we recorded the tape. Like if you want to have that experience, it's, it's you possible. Can have it. That's that what, because awesome. we all love that experience. We all do that because we're geeks and we know it and I'm okay with being a nerd. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, but you know what I mean? <laughs> Amen to that. So, uh, so we just, we always want to be sure that, you know, any music that we release in any way that somebody can put it on and listen to it as we would want to and still get that experience. Well, as a consumer, I appreciate that. And as a fellow music geek, I appreciate it. So thank you guys. Yes. Thank Absolutely. you, dude. Thank, thank you. you for listening and liking it, man. Oh, it's a lot. Right now, you can get free carpet installation from The Home Depot. So while we're putting in your new carpet, you'll have more time to take care of the lawn. Get started on dinner. 
or just lay down and relax on your new carpet after it's installed. Ah. Get your free carpet installation started with The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Minimum purchase of $4.99. Exclusions apply. U.S. only. See store for details. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.